I've learned a lot over the four decades of health and fitness and being in the trenches with the greatest in the world. And one of those things I've learned a lot more about and how to build better muscle is nutrition and how it has changed over the decades. And that's why I have the Titan meal plan for you guys out there that are confused about nutrition. I'm going to set you straight. Get a hold of me today. The link will be in the comments down below for you guys. Everybody, get over to the Titan Meal Plan, and I'll see you in the Titan Crew, where I will fine-tune any difficulties that you're having. Because I love behind-the-neck press. I like behind-the-neck pull-downs. I like squats. I like walking lunges. I like. I saw you only do press behind-neck for 315. Well, it's a leg day. It was a leg day. Nobody. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, your your weights are so heavy. I can't even relate to it. It's so heavy. I could never train that heavy. Not that heavy. I was a good squatter. I could do. I remember I had a squatting workout with. I was a better squatter than Arnold. I did uh, ten reps of four or five, and he did eight. Yeah, that was. I still workout. remember it. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> 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 yeah. But I was always a good squatter. I love that you were like, like that, that kind of uh, drive to just go, I got you beat on this yeah, one. Two more reps. Did you ever do a diet like that? Did you ever, when I won the 97 universe, I remember that diet to a T. Because I think that when I walked on stage, regardless that I was bigger later, that diet and walking on stage the way I looked was the most pinnacle to me as of so far. But I remember the diet, the protein I was taking in weeks out, the, the, the training methods. Was there ever a diet for you? Yeah, a little carbohydrate diet. But an actual 12-week plan that you know, I took this much protein and I took this much carbohydrate. Sort of, sort of. I mean, I'd start about three months out, you know, and do it more, more and more strict as I get closer. But I, I found that what, what I would always try to get is a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So it was usually around 200 grams of protein and under 100 grams of carbs a day. Preferably more earlier in the day. Yeah, that stuff written down anywhere, like in journals? Yeah. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. That's gold. That right there. Yeah, Actually, that. those books I wrote are like the, what is it, the Zane Body Training Manual? Yeah. Called, it's called The Workouts. Everything's in that. I have... 190 workouts in there that I actually did the weights and everything recorded. Wow. Did you? So if that was you, 12 weeks out, I got two questions. Uh, I'm guessing then six months before that, that period of time, six months before the three months, the carbohydrates was maybe twice as much. It was more, and the protein was probably more, just so you could have calories to put on size and strength. Yeah, and then. Then you would come down to that and go to like, I know that like 50 grams, a lot of people do carb depletion diets before a show, like down to 50 and you were like around a hundred. So that makes sense that you guys did that. Did you do the same cardio or did you also, your nutrition changed as you got ready for the show? Did the cardio change as you got ready for the show compared to when you were trying to eat more? It changed because I never did cardio. Unless I went right for a show, I never really did it. And basically it was, probably the best cardio I did was I'd run a mile and a half on a track. Take you 10, 15? Yeah. 
Like in Palm Springs, I would go out at night and run a mile and a half on the track. Was it a jog or was it like, I'm going crazy? That wasn't that fast. It was just a jog. Yeah, jog. Just to burn a little bit. Yeah. So that was the car you, you did to get ready for a Mr. Olympia contest. That's not, that's what I, I have done. Yeah. There's nothing that I did all the time. Uh -huh. You know, the other thing is if, if I was really muscular already, I wouldn't do that much cardio. Because you're burning I, the I would pose more maybe. Wow. Uh-oh, he's going to be hell to live with now, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, it goes back to your metaphor about the mountain. You don't climb to the top of the mountain and try to stay there. You come yeah. back down and rest. Right. You sleep. You feed yourself. You heal the body. You heal the mind. You take things off of like that steep climb at the end. And you pull back so your yeah. body can heal. So you can move forward again. But... Today's society is, you need to go 100%, 365, that's it. You gotta be in a deficit, you gotta do cardio every single day, you gotta train like a beast every single day. And I'm like, guys aren't even gonna make 25 doing that. Let them do it. I, okay, yeah. but you say that, you say like the pull down, the, the, the pullovers. Last time I said, people are gonna say they're gonna hurt themselves. They're gonna hurt themselves, I'm not. Right. You're so factual about that, except that's such a strong- I know how to do it. Okay, I love it. I've been doing it a long time. I know how to do it. Yeah. Agreed. Everything works I'm not if you using let it. weights that I can't handle either. Yeah. Everything works if you let it. Everything, it's just, it's, it's refreshing to me. And I think it's refreshing to you to hear because I preach about this yeah. and, and about what you've spoken about today. And I preach about it. And I go, if you guys want to do this for a short period of time or a long time, you've got to be intelligent. I've been doing this for so long. You know, I've been training for 60 years. Yeah. 60. That's crazy. Doing this, this kind of stuff from age 14, 14, 14 up to, you know, up to now. Of course, now is not what, what, what it used to be, but you know, my goals are different now. I just want to keep my circulation good and my joints healthy, not train heavy, not get injured. It's a percentage, but you're still doing it. Yeah. And you're doing it correctly. I hate when they go, hey, I've been training 30 years consistent, but you've been doing 30 years inc incorrect. That's not the same as what you're doing. You're doing it correct. And, you know, you've learned through this period of time how even to better suit your body and what you need to do for you. But yeah. it's not about consistency. It's about doing it right and then adding up the days. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. That's it right there, man. Wow. 60 years of knowledge. Distilled down into a. So you're 60 video. now, huh? 59 so, today. 59. Yes, sir. What's those biceps look like? Whoo! He's done some cheek curls. That's some biceps. That's what got me started. And, and so when you said you started at 14 in a YMCA, I started at 14 in a YMCA because at 14 I had this bicep. I remember there were four of us. We had a bull worker and we brought it around the neighborhood to see if we could get the best biceps. Uh -huh. Flex, flex, Scott Pazuti, Tim Gillis, Eddie Beagle, Clark. I flexed last. They all laughed at me, said you're deformed. And I cried and I ran home. And then I found myself in a YMCA a couple months later. This big black man in there just ripped. Henry McGee was his name. And I showed him my bicep. And he said, son, you could be a champion bodybuilder someday. And that stuck See, in my See, that's mind. all you need. That's all I needed was that one sentence. You know who gave me that? Bob Hoffman. Mm. Bob, wow. Bob Hoffman. Wow. How old were you then? 18. Wow. Wow. I was in my first contest. 
it was open novice contest in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, which is near Allentown. And there was weightlifting going on and Bob Hoffman was always there. And I was pumping up backstage and Hoffman was, was watching me. And he came over to me and he said, Young man, fine physique like yours, I walk around with my shirt off all the time. <laughs> That's all I needed here. Yeah. You know, that was it. Was it, that's all you needed to hear from him? Or did you know who that was at the time? Of course I knew it was. Okay, so, yeah. so it was... Father of American Weightlifting saying, saying that to me. So it's like somebody so at a level yep. saying that to you at 18 years. It built my confidence. Boom. Because, no, we, I mean, all those years with Peter, he never said anything remotely like that to me. He was always, oh, I've got to get bigger. I love it. I was like, hey, you know. Funny thing with Don, I remember Joe would say to him, he's like, oh, Arnold, show me your biceps, eh? And he'd flex his arm and he'd say, Joe, kiss it. Come on, Arnold. Joe, kiss it. Okay. He loved kissing it. That's classic. That's the best. If you are confused about training, do not worry. That's what the Titan training plan is for. For you guys to subscribe to this plan, you also get the additional coaching from me in the Titan private group. Get in there today, and I cannot wait to start working with you and making your dreams come true. Let's get back to the show. I love my lunches with Joe Weider. I just go up that. I like Joe. I mean, uh, we miss him. Yeah. Funny how everyone has their he was I got to go over and, and do a lot of uh, lunches, I guess lunches or, or, or weekend lunches over at his house with him and Betty and uh, just sit and talk bodybuilding. It's uh, when we talk, there's such a difference of, of talking about health and fitness than if I do it to a new person, because there's so much history, I guess. Uh -huh. I guess it's one thing, but then we also visualize it different. It was art, artistic within ourselves creating this physique. And so it was much more than, hey, I work out and I build my body. It's so much deeper than that. Joe loved bodybuilding. Loved it. Absolutely. Betty always talked about, talked good about me, Joe. And actually, if it wasn't for Betty, I don't think Joe would have been as favorable to me as he as he was. He wasn't that favorable to me. I mean, he was to a certain extent. I learned that. Don't ask Joe for money. Get ad space in the magazine. So I did. Right, right from the start, I had a third of a page ad, all four courses, $6.95. And I sold those for years. And then I just beefed up my courses and I had a full page ad and... You know, I was pulling pretty good from that. I was teaching school at the same time, too. Was so that instead, a common thing? Just like, sorry, because was that a common thing that the guys that were close with Joe knew? Don't ask him for money, ask him for ad space? Well, we all did. I mean, Arnold did. Larry Scott was the first one. Because Arnold told me that in 1990. Yeah. He said, you got a contract? Don't ask for more money. Just do this. Get ad space. Yeah. Joe had no problem... Letting you have other people give you money. He didn't want to give you any money. You know, but he'll, he's okay with other the bare people minimum. giving you money. 
See, this is social media right here, the, the, the beginning of social media. I really want people to hear and understand what's being talked about right now because in trade for money, this man and other men in that era were understanding of what that real estate in that magazine was worth and what you could get out of being in it in life. Okay, you can make that for money. And that's what I did because we never made money on covers of magazines. Like people think I'm a multimillionaire because they see all these covers. <laughs> I, the most I ever made was $300 for Muscle and Fitness. And I've been on hundreds of those things. But what I was smart enough to do was, okay, if inside is worth 30 grand for a full page, what's a cover worth? And how can I turn that into more money for me? That's how I built my You know how much money you made off covers? Zero. Zero. Exactly. <laughs> Did people ever say that to you? You make millions off of the Bible. They don't know. Yeah. They, have, kind of <laughs> they have no clue. No, they you make money. Yeah. The best thing is get the publicity. That's you know, get the publicity. It doesn't matter if you get paid. Get get on the cover. Get on somewhere. Let people see you because you'll make money from that. It's, you can't do that no more. So question for you then. And again, this is a tough question. We had to be in the trenches and win the shows. Win, win the powerlifting, the bodybuilding, the martial, whatever it is. We had to win them to be in the magazine. And we had to be intelligent enough to be on the covers if it's a cover story. So it's like Joe had to look at us and go, oh, no, I like how you're training. I like what you're doing. Frank, will you do a cover story for me and tell me about your arm workout? They don't have to do that today. Isn't there something about that competitive, that warrior mentality that I'm going to go to head-to-head with a guy on stage and show that... In 1979, the greatest physique in the world was yours. So there was that warrior mentality in you. How do you create that if you never do the battle? Today's society. I don't know if you have to have it. I think that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people uh, have been prominent in the magazine. Like there was this one guy, uh, his name was, went by the name Larry Powers years ago. It was all over the Weeder magazine. He never won anything, but he had a, a good look, a nice all-American look. And Weeder knew that, and he used him. Yeah. And that's I never what, won anything. That's what really mattered. Look at Leroy Colbert. Did you compete, though? I competed, but I, I would win and lose and win and lose. But, but, but the did whole time that build character? Did that not build some kind of character that just fame alone sure. unbalances you? Because, you know, I guess what my point is that... It, you're a different person going into a fight than who you come out on a fight mm-hmm. compared to the guy that never gets in a fight. Yeah. You know, did you win? Did you lose? I don't know, but, but you're a different person by willing to step up and take a hit or give a hit. And that's what I guess I'm saying. Just, you guys got on stage, you put in the work, but then on top of that, it made you humble in a sense and keep chasing your dream. Yeah. Well, that was the goal was to win the top titles. You know, that was my goal was to win, win every title. And I did. Yeah. I did. Won Mr. America 68 IFBB. And then uh, won Mr. World the same year. I got to show them the Universe trophies because I think they're my favorite of yours. Oh, the Olympia trophies? No, the universe, the ones over here to the left, I think, they're out there, if I remember correctly. Oh, the, old no. school Universe. I just thought the trophies were themselves. The Sandow trophies are the Olympia trophies. I know those ones are, but I thought they, you had the universe one. I only have one universe trophy. Right. And now it's out there on the top of the refrigerator. I got it. 
we were just in uh, Arnold's office, I was. And I was looking at a bunch of those. Yeah, but he had a universe trophy that his mom would give. His mother would, uh, in favors, if somebody did something nice for the family or something, she'd go, hey, here's one of Arnold's trophies. Take this as a gift. <laughs> and so they just got really? his universe trophy. That was the universe trophy that he got back after 30, 30 or 40 wow. years. Yeah, and it's in his office. And it's just the coolest thing. And it's like, what a story. Oh, thank you for moving the refrigerator in. Here you go. Have his trophy. <laughs> <laughs>